0: I've finally created a PDF for you guys, a grocery store guide. This is all of my tips and tricks on how to navigate the grocery store in one easy, simple, digestible, for lack of a better word, guide. It is completely free to you. All you have to do is go to realfoodology.com and there's gonna be a pop-up there asking for your email. And then you're going to get it sent to you directly for free. If for some reason the pop-up doesn't come up, you can also scroll to the bottom of the page. And when you sign up for the mailing list, it will automatically send you the PDF. I have been working on this for a couple months now. It's a long time coming. A lot of you have been asking me for a simple guide that you can use when you are navigating the grocery store. And it's finally here. I'm so excited for you guys to get your hands on it. So please just make sure to go to realfoodology.com. Put in your email and it will automatically send you the PDF. I hope you guys enjoy. On today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast... 10
1: years, all the money collected by the federal government in taxes will go to entitlements. All. And what are the entitlements? Medicare. What's the biggest piece of the pie in Medicare? Big Pharma. We will be bankrupt. Maybe that should be my next book. Dead broke. That's who we will be.
0: Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. I am your host, Courtney Swan. I am the creator and founder of Real Foodology. It started out as a food blog twelve years ago. Now, I started it when I was in school, getting my master's of science in nutrition and integrative health, because I really needed a outlet, a platform to share everything that I was learning, because everything I was diving into and I was learning, I found was not common knowledge. And I was looking around just seeing how society was getting sicker and sicker. And I felt like I needed to get this information out there because I have a deep drive and passion for helping others. And I really saw this as something that was wrong. I felt like we as a society are, we still are now. But even back then, I was realizing that as a society, we were not getting the right information, so that's why I started Real Foodology. And since then, it has become an Instagram account. I am also on TikTok. I have created a immunity supplement through 2x4. And actually, speaking of, as we were going into the winter months, I would definitely check that out. It's 2x4 and it's called Real Defense. It's a liposomal immunity supplement designed to activate your immune system. So as we go into the colder months, into winter, it really helps to bolster your immune system and keep you healthy. Now, that being said, today I sat down with Dr. Richard Jacoby. He is a podiatrist and he specializes in the treatment of peripheral neuropathy. And he really dives into this, so I'm not going to talk too much about it, but he talks a lot about what he has seen in his surgeries and with his patients and the connection to sugar and how it really is destroying our health on all levels. I would highly encourage you guys to go back and listen to the first two episodes I did with him. We recorded in March of 2021. And it was it ended up being a two-part episode because we chatted for so long. I was so fascinated. I could listen to this guy talk for so long. The way that he makes connections and analogies with things that make it what, what should be a really hard not should be but sometimes can be a really hard scientific concept to understand the way that he describes them and makes these analogies for things it really helps you to understand what's going on and he is sounding the alarm on how much sugar we're eating and he theorizes that everything that we're dealing with on a large scale right now as far as chronic disease goes that's cancer diabetes cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, which is now being called diabetes three, we can all connect back to the same thing. He's saying they are all the same disease, just presenting in different ways and the biggest culprit is sugar. I would highly recommend going back and listening to those first two episodes. He talks a lot about that in those episodes. We don't talk as much about it today, although we do cover it a little bit. He's the author of the book Sugar Crush, and then now more recently, Unglued, which is coming out soon. So I would keep your eyes out for that. And also, he explains the reasoning behind the name, and it's pretty genius. So, with that, yeah, let's dive into the episode. Oh, and another thing too, he dives into stem cells. A lot of his book is how we can undo all the damage that has been done to the body with sugar, with stem cells. So we talk about that. I do want to say I did not get an opportunity to say this in the episode. So I would like to say this now. I know that the topic of stem cells is controversial and for for the right reasons. I, I, I absolutely, myself, feel a little conflicted about them because on the one hand, I see how stem cells are truly improving people's lives. I have people in my own life, in my personal circle that have gotten them for pretty severe injuries and have reaped the insane benefits of essentially not really having that injury at all anymore after getting stem cells. Also, if you guys listen to Joe Rogan, he talks all the time about how he's gotten stem cells and how it's really helped him. A lot of people are talking about the benefits of them and how they have really helped improve their lives. And then on the other hand, I see the not so great side of it and where we're sourcing the stem cells. So I I definitely think that needs to be a part of the conversation and just something that I wanted to say and flag. I don't know what the answer is. So I'm not sitting here saying, we should absolutely keep doing this this way, or we can't, we should stop. I don't know what the solution is. I just wanted to name that I recognize that it can be controversial and that some people might be upset about the use of stem cells. And I think that's very valid. Let's get into the episode. It's very juicy. I loved talking with Dr. Jacoby. And also, if you guys are loving the podcast, if you could take a moment to rate and review it, it really means so much to me. I can't tell you guys how much something as simple as you rating and reviewing the podcast helps. Because it helps me go go up the charts in the podcast. It helps me get this podcast out to more people so more people can listen to it. And it just the support really means a lot to me, and I really appreciate it. also, if you guys are loving any particular episodes and you want to share about it on Instagram, if you want to tag me at Real Foodology, I see all of your tags, and I just want to say I appreciate you so much, and I wish that I could individually thank every single one of you guys. I really try my best to respond to every single one that I see and I just want to say thank you so much. I appreciate all your support. Love you guys. Not all probiotics are created equal. I cannot stress this enough. You cannot just go to the grocery store or Whole Foods and buy any probiotic off the shelf. It is so incredibly important that you are getting a good high quality probiotic. The reason not all probiotics are created equal is because a lot of these probiotics or you know, the good gut bacteria that need to populate our gut never actually make it to our guts. This is why you will hear companies saying, our bacteria arrives alive. That is really incredibly important and this is why I love Seed Probiotic. Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic is a broad spectrum two-in-one plant-based prebiotic and 24-strain probiotic. If you guys follow my stories on Instagram, you will know that they have a pretty extensive delivery technology in a dual capsule design. And what's really cool and special about this, it's very unique. It essentially potentially delivers more bacteria to the colon because it gets through all of the stomach acid and everything else that would otherwise burn up this bacteria and not allow it to get to the gut to repopulate our gut. They also have a proprietary formulation of 24 distinct probiotic strains in scientifically studied dosages, systemic benefits beyond the gut, and proprietary engineered two-in-one capsule that I was just talking about that protects probiotics through digestion to ensure delivery to the colon. It's really cool. If you actually take the green cap and you open it in your hand, you will see another capsule pops out with some of the supplement in there as well. And this is what I was just talking about. I actually did this on my stories the other day. It's really cool. If you take the green capsule and you pop it open in your hand, another capsule will pop out of it. It's really cool. So when I say that there are systemic benefits beyond the gut, what does that mean? It's including gastrointestinal or GI function, skin health, heart health, gut immune function, gut barrier integrity, and micronutrient synthesis of vitamins B9 and B12. Gut immune function is not boosting the immune system, it is about supporting the crosstalk between your intestinal cells and your immune cells. Many people see improvements in digestion within 24 to 48 hours, which can include bowel movement regularity and eased bloating. If you want to start a new healthy habit today, visit seed.com/realfoodology and use code realfoodology to redeem 30% off your first month of Seed's DS one Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com slash realfoodology and use code realfoodology. Is it just me or is colostrum just totally taking the internet by storm? I, I mean, I'm so happy about it. And it's so interesting how certain things will just become a massive trend. I've been taking colostrum for probably at least 10 years now or so my mom got me on it. It's an ancient practice used for immune function, it really helps to strengthen and bolster the immune system. And I will say Armra colostrum has really taken the internet by storm. And for good reason, it is a really good high quality colostrum. I get so many DMs from you guys just specifically asking me if I use Armra colostrum. And yes, I do. I've been taking Armra specifically for almost a year now. I travel with it everywhere I go. I bring the little individual packets with me and I especially take it while I'm traveling because that's when we are most susceptible to getting sick. And you know what's really cool? There's actually a study that's been done comparing the effects of the flu vaccine and colostrum and colostrum performed better in protecting the body from the flu. Isn't that wild? And this is a peer reviewed study posted in a very well-renowned medical journal. So what is colostrum? It is the first nutrition we receive in life and contains all the essential nutrients we need in order to thrive. Armra is a proprietary concentrate of bovine colostrum that harnesses these 200 plus living bioactive compounds to rebuild your immune barriers and fuel cellular health for a host of research-backed benefits. Armor colostrum strengthens immunity, it ignites metabolism, it fortifies gut health, it helps activate hair growth and skin radiance, and I actually have seen all my little, I have all these baby hairs that have been growing since I started taking it. And it helps to power fitness performance and recovery. And what's cool is we have worked out a special offer for you, my audience, my listeners who I absolutely adore. You're going to get 15% off your first order. So go to tryarmra.com slash realfoodology. That is T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash realfoodology or simply enter code realfoodology and you're going to get 15% off. Again, that's tryarmra.com dot com slash real foodology armra is a r m r a dr jacoby i'm so excited to have you back on hopefully my listeners remember our last episode that we did together we actually ended up doing a two-part because it was so long so if you guys are listening right now and you have not listened to those two episodes i highly highly recommend going back and listening to them it was such an amazing episode that i had to bring you back on so thank you so much for coming back on
1: I'm thrilled. So good to see you.
0: It's so good to see you too. Yeah, I just, I I really commend you for the work you're doing. I absolutely love what you're doing. So, okay, so your, your background is working with diabetic patients, which I think is so incredibly important to note when we talk about all of this, because you have conventional allopathic training, but you have now discovered after working with these patients for so many years that what is happening in, you know, the in, from a preventative lens or like root, co- root cause, let's say, what is happening there with the sugar, and why why should we be so concerned about sugar? And then I want to dive into the stem cells after that. But
1: sugar, as we discussed before, and in Sugar Crush the book, there's there there are a chemical reaction of sugar on the nerves. The first one is polyol, sugar inside the nerve pulls water into the nerve. I'll just shorten the whole equation down. Second one is glycosylation, which is the Mallory reaction, meaning sugar around the nerve, shrink wrap, constricts the nerve. When those nerves go through a tunnel like the carpal tunnel, they get compressed, they interrupt the function, innervation of the muscle, and that's its function. And as we talked about in Sugar Crush, Doesn't matter what nerve you're talking about, whether it's the olfactory nerve, sense of smell, Alzheimer's, vagus nerve, which is um, linked to uh, MS, multiple sclerosis, or a hypoglossal nerve and autism. So I talk about all the nerves, um, the ocular motor nerve, which is involved with the eye. So the biochemistry is correct. And it is absolutely correct because I had hypothesized in 2005, that, uh, that molecule that we talked about, asymmetric dimethyl arginine, that I learned from Dr. Cook at Stanford, was the first molecule that blocks the blood supply to the nerve. Now, back in 2005, it was not known. Matter of fact, it was considered incorrect to use that. But they did the experiments wrong, not Dr. Cook. But I said, it was done incorrectly. They said, come to Stanford, and that's twenty years ago, long time, and my kids were small. And I said, "No, I'll write a book. Real scientists will figure it out." They did. They figured it out. I was right. I talked to Dr. Cook a couple of years ago, and he told me that I was right. Guess what? Dr. Cook's doing now? He's at Baylor, head of stem cell research. Interesting. Very interesting, isn't it? Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: So his his laboratories at, at Baylor in Houston. But he's looking at pluripotent, inducible pluripotent stem cells. And there's a vast difference from what I'm talking about in perinatal tissue. So let me break these things down because it's very, very complicated, or at least FDA wants to make it complicated. So let's, let's go back. What are stem cells? They're cells that are innate in our bodies. That's how we go from the first division of the two cells into a blastula forming in the neural tube and becoming a, from a fetus to a baby. So roughly age 30, maximum stem cells. Age 50, you've lost 90% of your own stem cells. Now, your own stem cells are to- called autologous, meaning your own. You can derive them from bone, drill a hole in the bone, which I do take some fat, which is plenty of that around, Mm -hmm. spin that down, inject it, or even a pulp in the tooth. But if you're over 50, which most of my patients are, because chronic disease is not an early disease, it's chronic, it's not acute. So Mm -hmm. most people that I see, I say, or they say to me, this is getting into the legalities. And they'll say to me, do you do stem cells? And I say, yes but I have to explain all this in the privacy of an exam. So let's say it's a patient who's got diabetic polyneuropathy, meaning diabetic, diabetes and nerves of the leg, and they're say 70 years old. And I say, yes, I could take your bone marrow, drill a hole and put it in there. It's going to work, but not work as well as I took perinatal tissue, a newborn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mrs. Jones, are you using that after birth? And they say, no. It's donated to a laboratory, checked by the FDA, by the way, and packaged and sold to us as practitioners. So we can use, this is where it gets really complicated, we can use amniotic tissue, amniotic fluid, placenta, freeze-dried process, this, that, and everything. But this year, FDA said, no, that's a drug. You now need to be, <laughs> well, okay, this is crazy because I've been doing it for 15 years or more than that now. And I said to myself, why would you do that? The FDA wants to make sure it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wants to make sure that it's safe and effective. Oh, let's see, I've been using it for 15 years. I've got a couple thousand patients, never had a complication. It doesn't work every time. And we'll get into why that is. And, but probably 80% of the time, What's it work on? Anything, hmm. any side effects? No, but I can't say that because I haven't done a $300 million double blind study under 351 guidance. I don't have the 300 million. I was wondering if your guests do.
0: <laughs> we'll take donations at the end.
1: <laughs> it. So can we do a
0: GoFundMe on this one? Um,
1: <laughs> there, there are a couple guys in a room. Um, oh, hi, Mr. Pfizer, good to see you again. He's got three hundred million because he made that off a of COVID vaccine, yeah. and or Mr. Johnson, the rest of the boys and girls were playing yeah. with our lives. Yes, they're playing with our lives. Yeah. And in two thousand and three, that study was done on these tissues, and they were talking about perinatal tissue funded by, or or funded by us, the taxpayers, but chaired by John McCain, senator from Arizona, who, who ironically, died of glioblastoma, and it, by the way, would work on that. Oh,
0: interesting. And
1: he, yeah, very interesting. He would probably like to come back and try some of that, but yeah. he's, he's passed. But he heard, and you can read it if they haven't taken it down, it's called a miracle. Now I go to a lot of these meetings. I went to a meeting in Utah about five, six years ago. And a lot of scientists there, one of which I was impressed by, Joanne Kurtzberg. She's from Duke. You can look it up. And she's a stem cell researcher. She was looking at muscular dystrophy. Remember, Jerry's kids, every September, they raise all that money. That's probably another quote. Where's that money? Mm. Yeah, right. And also autism. So she had kids that had autistic problem, couldn't speak. And she had muscular kids, dystrophy kids who couldn't walk gave them hemopoietic umbilical tissue that's the perinatal tissue but she used some i don't know why she did this but some blood cells in there so that makes it a little bit dangerous so maybe that's so you only can use in a hospital setting mm-hmm. and this is 20 20 years ago she's showing films kids are just called the juice. she gives them the juice iv for Autism, kid who couldn't speak, he's speaking. I'm I see it showing gene arrays, the science part of it. Wow. Kids who couldn't walk and crippled, they were walking. And I said to Dr. Kurtzberg, first name is Joanne. I said, Joanne, this is uh, rather unusual. I said, first of all, what you're saying, this is not a immutable disease, meaning they genetic, gene, genetics is supposed to be immutable in other words it's fixable you can't change it but you did and you used the same tissue for two different diseases so this whole paradigm is upside down and in my book sugar crush i was saying that alzheimer's autism muscular dystrophy all these things they're not different diseases they're different manifestations of the inflammation inflammation that sugar causes on those particular tissues
0: cardiovascular disease as well and also I do sugar. want to note that alzheimer's is being called diabetes 3 now
1: oh yeah uh, dr L- uh, Perlmutter. Mm-hmm. so david Perlmutter, mutter that's good segue to that so he's on the front of my book sugar fresh now he's a neurologist now I don't know exactly why he's on there he probably saw the title he wanted to get on there that was <laughs> that was 24 20- Fourteen. I've never spoken to him, but he's a neurologist. I think the reason I've never spoken to him because he would not agree with what I said.
0: Really? Yeah. So here he is, right there. Where is it? Oh yeah, I see it. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: So he's on there. But either you read it, Dr. Perlmutter, or you didn't understand it. I find it hard to believe you didn't understand it. But it may be. Here's the. Here's the. uh, Important point. My training as a podiatrist with Dr. Dellen, peripheral nerve surgeon, Johns Hopkins, world's leading authority, he trained me. I then went to Stanford, learned the chemistry of this disease from him. He's a cardiologist with a PhD in vascular biology, one molecule asymmetric dimethylarginine. Then went to Mayo, looked at it under microscopes, looked at these changes, with 20 to one magnification. And I I wish I had that book in front of me, but I don't. So I, I say, can you see what I see? And I'm showing, I'm looking through a microscope and you only see a little white dot. When I blow it up, you can see the nerve. I can see the nerve. Dr. Perlmutter can't see the nerve, he's a neurologist. They're not surgeons and even even if he did understand it and i'm not saying he doesn't but sugar he's agreeing with me and with dr lustig and he are agreeing that type 3 diabetes is alzheimers well, yeah. i told them that that i told them that 20 years ago but you have to look through dellen's lens and if you yes. do you'll see it so let's say this is the the wire now, do you think each nerve is different? No, every nerve in the body is exactly the same. Its function is different. Like, an, like a house, you're wire into the house. We're on using electricity for, our, I'm on my iPhone, right? Mm-hmm. I have a refrigerator over there and I got a stove and I have this and air conditioner. Are they different wires? No. No. They're different application of the same principle. Now, if we had a fire, none of that would work. What we called Alzheimer's or autism. No, we would say there was a fire that damaged whatever.
0: Yeah. It's
1: that simple. And it's sugar. So I'd love to have that debate with Dr. Lustig, which I love his book, Fat Chance, and I love Dr. Perlmutter's book, Grain Brain. They're all correct. We all agree on the biochemistry, but they're not surgeons. They don't see what I'm seeing. And if I could have that debate, they would have the same epiphany that Dr. Cook had at Stanford. And believe me, I had this conversation with him many times, many times, and I forced him. This is so embarrassing. Old professor, I said, sit down and listen to my lecture. And he went, So you're saying this is compression? Yes.
0: If you suffer from stress and anxiety like I do, I highly recommend trying CBD. It is a natural alternative to taking something harsher, and it really, really does work. I personally love the brand Cured Nutrition. I know the founder. He has been a friend for the last couple of years. And I know the great lengths that he goes to create a really good, high-quality product. The problem with CBD is it's become so popular the last couple of years that a lot of companies are making fake forms of it or not really putting enough in there to have an actual therapeutic dose. So a lot of people will say that they don't actually feel the effects of CBD and they don't realize that they're just not taking a good high quality CBD. So you want to make sure you're getting it from really good high quality company. I love Cured Nutrition. If you guys want to go back and listen to the episode that I did with the founder to hear all about the benefits of CBD and also just to hear the great lengths that they go to ensure that they produce a good high quality CBD. And definitely go check out the website, they have these amazing sleep caps. They're called CBN nightcaps that really help you to fall asleep and stay asleep. I also really love the Serenity gummies. They have a microdose of THC and then some functional mushrooms in there. So they really just help you like lay low, relax. It's great for a night in a little Netflix and chill. You know, they also have a bloating complex. They have a Zen, which I like to put together, they actually have a sleep bundle that you can buy the Zen and the CBN nightcaps together that really just give you like, like the best sleep of your life. And then if you have a pet, my dog Turkey, if you guys follow me on Instagram, you know how much Turkey loves the dog treats. He is obsessed. Literally, he goes into my pantry. Every single time I open the pantry door, he goes running in and he goes straight for the basket because he knows they're in there. They're peanut butter flavored. They are organic and they are really good high quality ingredients. So they are a great Dog treat if you're looking for a good new dog treat. Oh, and also, we were giving them to my boyfriend's golden retriever puppy when he was like really hyper, and they helped to just mellow him out. So, like at night, when we really needed to go to sleep and he was like still wilding out, we just gave him like half of a CBD treat and he slept. It was great. So, if you guys want to check out Cured Nutrition, make sure to go to curednutrition.com. That's C U R E D Nutrition dot com slash real foodology. and if you use code real foodology it gets you 20 percent off i have been a longtime supporter and lover of organifi and i'm so excited to announce that they are rolling out a special product line just for kids they're committed to delivering the same level a level of quality nutrition and a yummy experience Even picky kiddos will love. To kick off this line, they're going to be launching a Kids Greens called Easy Greens as well as an immunity product called Protect. The Kids Greens is a nourishing and delicious blend of superfoods and veggies that provides essential nutrients, probiotics, and digestive enzymes to bring balance to kids' growing bodies without fillers, additives, or junk. The main ingredients are nutrient rich veggies, carrot, broccoli sprout, spinach, and beet, superfoods like moringa and chlorella, and digestive support like digestive enzymes, probiotics, and fiber. And the kid's immunity is going to support your child's daily immune health with a berry blast of herbs and superfoods that work to strengthen the body's first line of defense. It has orange and acerol cherry. It has astragalus, which is a potent adaptogenic root used to support and boost the immune system. Also, elderberry, which is an antioxidant rich healing plant that supports the body's defenses against illness. And then of course, Propolis, which is the bodyguard of the beehive that can help naturally prevent sickness and modulate the immune system. Make sure to go to the website and check out some of my favorites, especially as we are going into winter. I love their critical immune support. It's fast acting immune support for quicker recovery and a stronger sense of well-being. I'm also a huge, huge fan of their liver reset. It supports the liver natural detoxification process with a unique formula to improve liver health, digestion, and energy. I tell everyone I know and including you guys, my audience, that I think everyone needs to be on a liver supplement because we are being exposed to so many different environmental toxins, stuff in our water, pesticides in our food, stuff in the air that all has to go through our liver. And so our livers are really working on overtime right now. And taking something that will protect our liver health is absolutely imperative. They also have green juices. They have a gold chocolate gold, which is a delicious bedtime drink that I like to drink before bed. It tastes like hot chocolate, and there's no sugar in there, and it really helps you get sleepy and ready for bed. And it's a great bedtime treat. So if you guys want to try any of these products, go to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com/slash-real-foodology, or you can just Go to Organifi.com and use code RealFoodology. So, what are you seeing? So, you're saying that you're seeing it from a surgeon lens. What are you seeing? What are the effects that we're seeing right now from what you call glucose poisoning, sugar poisoning?
1: So there's three chemical reactions: malliard, polyol, and now I proved that the nitric oxide pathway. So it blocks the blood supply to the nerve. The sugar causes fibrosis scarring. I can see that. I can feel that. I can measure that. I'm in there using a nerve conduction probe. There's no voltage of the nerve. And I probe, I probe the nerve looking for the compression, and I can see it. Then with surgical instruments, very fine, yes, it's very small. I undo that, and all of a sudden, the electrical flow goes through the through the nerve. To an oscilloscope, I hear it and it's going pump, pump. Actually, there's a video, you'll love this. I had this video up 20 years ago. Google, they took it down. Too offensive, too offensive. They shadow banned me, they shadow banned me. This information doesn't fit the narrative
0: that's the problem. That's the problem is that people are not getting the truth because we have these governing bodies that have decided what they deem is the truth and what is not and a lot of it comes from big pharma, food industry, big agriculture and everything else that doesn't fit that narrative is being blocked from the general public. Public.
1: Totally. I'm going to give you a a real big bomb here today. I was asked to give a lecture to a university, very famous to talk about the microbiome and nerves, and I also studied with Stephanie Seneff at MIT, and she taught me the Shikimate pathway. I I'm not sure if you've interviewed her, and she wrote a book. She wrote a book called Toxic Legacy, but she taught me all this. So I was asked to go to this university, lectured to the biochemistry department. They liked what I had to say. Asked me would I lecture to their full staff. And I did genetics, biochemistry, microbiology, lots of different, very smart people in a private room, by the way, not recorded. They don't think, but I did. And I say that because I was lecturing to a group of really heavy duty scientists. And I said a word that I wasn't sure why they reacted the way they did, but I said, I can measure that nerve, just what I was just talking about, and against the genetic code, which is 1,000 organisms in your gut, and I can tell you which organisms are influenced by a chemical called glyphosate, and I can tell you the waveform, the, the, the velocity of the nerve specific to the bacteria that are affected by glyphosate mm. by an instrument called an SSR, but that's another story. But I can do that. Let me just assume I can do that. I know I can do it. They know I can. And they said I'll get back to you. It never got back to me.
0: <clears throat> of course, because glyphosate makes a lot of money. I'm going to give you a name.
1: I don't know how big your podcast is yet. It may be not getting any bigger after this or it could blow up the positive. That university is funded by, and it's a lot of money, believe me, a lot of money, by a gentleman's name is George Post, P-O-S-T-E. He is a um, veterinarian by training out of uh, London. He's got a PhD in viruses. This is pre-COVID. He also is probably the most celebrated scientist in the world on every major pharmaceutical company, uh, the World Health Organization, that little group of merry men. And he is the health liaison to that. But the most important thing is, he is the director of Monsanto.
0: Of course, now Bayer. Now Now Bayer. Bayer.
1: And buddies with Fauci. Worse. So I'm giving this lecture, Well, I'll get back to you. It's They fund the, I, I assume, and I don't know for sure, all the major universities. So a person like myself goes in there, has a novel idea that makes a lot of sense, use that word, they shut it down because the U.S. Senate is going to ask for the Bible of the nutrition What's the right answer to the narrative? I'm not going to be in the Bible. So everything that fits their narrative, John McCain, John McCain, I hate to say this, but you passed away from a disease that is preventable. It's called glioblastoma. And we have kids with autism, one in 20 now. This is an absolute disgrace. And what I just told you is real. But I, what happened after that to me is beyond belief.
0: Mm, I'm sure no. they tried to silence you. Oh, yeah. Because glyphosate oh, yeah. is their big moneymaker. I mean, it's, you know, glyphosate interesting. One, I don't even understand how it's still being sprayed on our food and how we're selling it in stores because they are being absolutely annihilated right now in the court. Yeah, Bayer hit with $332 million judgment in Roundup cancer trials. So that was just on November 3rd. But that's just one of them. So $332 million for just one of these cancer trials. And I mean, they're time and time again in, in trials proving that there's a connection with cancer and glyphosate. And yet we still sell it and yet we still spray it on our food. I know you have a section on this in your book and it's the big connection between big pharma, big ag, and this, you know, big food industry. What's the connection here? What's happening? I mean, I, I know a lot of people, my listeners are very well versed, I think, in this now because I talk about this a lot. But I do think it's, it's important for people to hear this from medical professionals that are in that world.
1: Well, the word unglued, this is a funny thing because I was at a think tank. They want to do a Netflix. They asked me, what's the word glucose mean? And I gave him the answer I just gave you. No, he said, no, what's the word mean? I'm asking you this this question. I want to see your face. Because it was the same as, I think, will be the same as mine. What does the word glucose mean? Sugar. That's what I said.
0: Or, or you know, also it's ATP. It's, it's the energy for the cells, essentially.
1: Totally. I gave all those answers. What does the word mean? It's a Greek word. To adhese.
0: Oh, to oh. stick together,
1: it's glue glue so osc is the sugar the type of sugar it's glue sugar it sticks to anything that's your that's the word that describes the whole thing yeah it's a poison why this is this doesn't make sense does it so let's go over to fructose so i don't know if you know richard johnson's written a great book on nature wants you to be fat Mm. and i understood what you're saying i'm not sure it's a great title but here's yeah. what he's saying so fructose eat your fruits and vegetables usda food pyramid eat all that stuff and you're going to be healthy was america healthy no it's fat and sick so what is causing the sickness it's eating sugar grown by it's high fructose corn syrup grown by monsanto seed laced with glyphosate, which causes the corn crop to be impervious to predators, basically. So it may have been a good idea, and they tested it, quote unquote, with, through the FDA, and it did not affect humans, but as pointed out by Stephanie Senoff, it did affect the organisms in your gut, and which is called the shikimate pathway, changing the biochemistry. And she boils it down rather nicely, that phosphate and glycine, glyphosate.
0: Mm, It fits
1: into the glycine space. And just that one little tiny thing, just like omega-3, omega-6, one little kind of thing that you wouldn't think would have a difference, but it does. So glyphosate blocks that, and then these bugs eat that. They change the proteins, amino acids, et cetera, go up the vagus nerve go to hippocampus and say, if you don't give me fructose, I'm gonna kill you. Like the little shop of horrors with Seymour, right? Yeah. It's your gut, He's that's who's there. He's telling you, he literally is talking to you. That's why it's so addicting. So we have an addiction and it's probably inevitable because we all like sugar, but why fructose? Fructose, in Richard Johnson's book, he is saying this. Nature is trying to make you fat. It's exactly what it's designed to do. But here's the difference. Fructose, let's go back 100,000 years ago, okay? Go on that journey with me. We're in a cave. Guy gets up in the morning, probably scratches his ass, and says, where am I going to get my next meal? And you, the gal in the cave with, I don't know, 16 kids trying to feed them, <laughs> and It's not a pretty day. So you're going to be scavenging around, trying to get some whatever you can find. He's out there trying to get meat because he needs meat. Bring it back, feed the den. And you're just coming out of the Ice Age. You're emaciated. You have no fat on your body. But nature provides fruit for about six weeks. Now, this is around France and England with the Western civilization. And we eat fruit like... There's no tomorrow because there isn't. There's only about six weeks. What do bears do? They do the same they thing. Either. They're, wow. yeah. Yes. But they're carnivores. You're a carnivore. I'm a carnivore. But we got to have that fruit to put the fat back on us. So this is the trick. I think Hersey Chocolate understood it. I think all the food manufacturers understand it. So table sugar, sucrose, which is fructose. 50% and 50% glucose. Glucose is not sweet. You wouldn't need glucose. Well, wait a minute, Dr. Jacoby. You need glucose to live. Yes, you do. One teaspoon at any one time. That's it. And if you don't have it, your body will make it out of fats and proteins. It's called gluconeogenesis, as you need it in the brain. So you don't need to eat fruit other than to get fat. So if you want to be fat, Follow the food pyramid, guarantee it, you will be fat. Six to 11 helpings of carbohydrates, lace on fruit, vegetables, because the vegetables are not horrible tasting like they were when I grew up. I couldn't eat carrots. Carrots are total fiber. That's another thing. Human beings never ate fiber. They ate meat. That's all they ate. Now, as we domesticated, yes, we like all that stuff. And, and I'm not. I know there's a big sensitive subject: carnivores versus the herbivores. So, in my new book, I try to create a urban uh, carnivore. So, what can we eat? Do we need back to that molecule that I worked on 50 years ago, tetrahydrobiopterin (BH4)? What is it? It's B6, B12. Folic acid. That's an interesting word. You know what folic acid, where the word comes from? No, I don't. Foliage.
0: Oh, foliage. Oh, yeah. Foliage. (laughs) There's one in the
1: back of you and one in the back of me. Yeah. Yeah. That's foliage. It's green. It has has folic acid. I know. It's just so simple. Nature provided that. So we eat meat, little green vegetables. And the other fourth part is. Vitamin C. Now, I find that interesting because human beings cannot manufacture vitamin C. Vitamin C and glucose are two carbons different. We had the gene, but 220 million years ago, a mutation happened. That's a whole other story because I think that has, uh, I am writing a new book on that, by the way, but that's not for today's discussion. But we had the gene on Chromosome two, and it's been spliced. So we can't manufacture vitamin C out of glucose, but everybody else can, except maybe a a little tiny pig or a fruit bat or something of that nature. But we can't. So if we can't manufacture vitamin C, we can't make fully the BH4 that converts L arginine to nitric oxide, which brings more blood supply to whatever nerve you're talking about. And if we can't do that, and it downregulates. It'll downregulate to a chemical called peroxynitrate, mm-hmm. which is vasoconstrictive. And I have that in the book on page twenty-five. You want to look it up, and it explains COVID in very beautiful detail. I think I didn't write it for that purpose, but when COVID came out, I went, "Wait a minute, what do viruses like?" Sugar. Viruses, yeah. Wow. So I used to, I used. I, I was a. I was a terrible chemist. Okay, make up a beaker, of feed the viruses. Oh my God, it was killing them every day. They need they need a perfect formula of glucose and dextrose and things like that to stay alive because they're RNA and they're not DNA. So they are dependent on food supply and a host. COVID, lungs. Who, who are the most highest class of people die from COVID? Uh,
0: diabetics and overweight. People, I think, right? And people with cardiovascular disease?
1: Nailed it. All three. 97%. So if you were a virus, so let's give you another little job to do, get out of the cave, we we're, we're gonna make you into a virus today. You would be a very pretty virus. Okay. <laughs> so here here's the deal. So you're a virus and you want to find food like you did in the cave. And you said, Oh God, all these kids in the you know, I gotta feed them. So you find a human being who is highly addicted to sugar, obese, diabetic, cardiovascular disease, common denominator, sugar, and you get inside their cell. You look around and you go, yum. Here's- Lots of sugar. So, oh, yes. There's glycosylated spike proteins. This is fact. N- yum, yum. You're gonna eat that and you're gonna get in the cell and you're gonna look around and say, Mr. Jones, may I use your copy machine? Can I use your DNA? And he probably says, I don't know. And you said, I don't care. Boom, you're making copies for your progeny. You want to make lots of viruses. That's your job, pass on your genes. So when you do that, inside the cell, the lung cell, the white cells in the body Come flying down to this disturbance, cytokine storm. And there's a big battle, but your white cells have been just decimated by sugar. So they're not very effective first line of communication with these guys and they lose the battle. So what happens inside the cell? O2 levels go down. Remember they put the oximeter on on your finger in the hospital, but they put you on a ventilator. You can bring your lungs out and inspiration and expiration, you can do that, there's nothing wrong with that, but you can't exchange oxygen. So this is chemistry, ADMA, asymmetric dimethyl arginine, I'll re-explain that, that word, asymmetric, both methyl groups are on the same side of the arginine molecule. So you have L-arginine, ADMA blocking it because of sugar, BH4 coming in from the underside, down-regulating, making that conversion from L-arginine to nitric oxide going down. You can measure it. What's nitric oxide do? It goes a signaling molecule, goes to the muscle, dilates the blood vessel, or constricts it. It's constricting. And I had the mathematical formula in the book, on page 25, puzzle Theorem, R to the fourth power, 19% reduction, in the radius equals a 50% reduction in flow. Now, there are a few other variables, but that's essentially it. O2 levels are going down, 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 dead. You got somebody jumping on your chest. And they're the people that died. Pharma, Pfizer wants to vaccinate everybody. Why don't you just tell them not to eat sugar? We
0: know then they're going to die. Because you can't make money off of that correct.
1: So we take all our taxpayer money, which is scandalous, as Steve Forbes said recently in an editorial on Alzheimer's. Why haven't we figured this out? We spent billions and billions of dollars trying to figure out Alzheimer's. Same process, different nerve. It's the same. It's sugar. Perlmutter, is sugar. Lustig, it's sugar. Johnson, it's sugar. But no one no one has figured out what I just told you. Now, why did I? Because I looked through Dylan's lens. He taught me, and I brought the biochemistry to that. And when I explain, I think the way I explain it's pretty simple.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, it's fascinating. And it's also really upsetting <laughs> because we see all of these. I mean, nine out of 10 of the leading causes of death in this country right now are prevented by lifestyle and diet changes. And then you look at how much sugar we have in our food. And it's in everything now. Like I'm finding sugar in salad dressings, in meat, in soups, in sauces, like nut milks, peanut butter. I'm like, it's in freaking everything. And then we look at all these diseases that are being caused by this and then we're just throwing medication at it. You know, I actually remember, I still talk about this to this day and I still quote you this, I quote you on this all the time in podcasts and in conversations. You made the perfect analogy that is so perfect for this. And you said, if you have cockroaches in your kitchen because you have crumbs in the corner of your kitchen and you spray them with Raid to kill them off, you are going to continue to have more cockroaches come until you clean up the crumbs. And that is the same thing thing with the sugar it's like you can throw all the medication you can throw all the surgeries you can throw everything else on top of it but if you don't get rid of those crumbs in the corner if you don't get rid of that sugar that's feeding it in the first place you're never going to get rid of the cockroaches you're never going to get rid of the disease
1: unfortunately that's so true as we speak i was playing pickleball this morning which i love to play by the way
0: and popular
1: sport. <laughs> it is <laughs> right a popular now. sport. And, and it's fun, as anybody can play it. No one can master it. It's unbelievable. But a good friend of mine, both Stanford guys, and my one friend who's an OB-GYN surgeon is in hospice right now and he probably won't be here tomorrow. Mm, I'm sorry to hear that. I is a super, super Stanford trained. Um tried the alternatives too late, did the chemotherapy, which is standard of care, but this is a common story. Sugar, you have to eliminate sugar. I know it's difficult. It's an
0: addiction, it's a drug.
1: It's a drug, and it doesn't matter how bright you are, and this guy is super bright, but I mean, he may have passed away as we speak, Mm. as we speak. He he tried to live a good life and tried to be devoid of of those kinds of things that are causing his problem. But back to Otto Warburg, which we talked about, he got the Nobel Prize in 1934 to prove that fructose, I don't know how and why he picked fructose, but causes fermentation and is the desired fruit, desired food of cancer cells. You take the fruit away from them, they die. You don't, you die. COVID, take it away, you live, they die. Why is that not front and center as a public message from our Surgeon General, and I'm going to call him out.
0: I just listened to an episode with him on Huberman. And you know, while I do think that he did a good job, I also, thought that he skirted around a lot of the really important questions, which Huberman was trying to ask him, which were like, why are we not addressing this? Why are we not taking care of this? And, you know, he had, his explanation was, we don't have one main avenue of getting this information out to everyone. And I'm like, yeah. Are like, you kidding me? That was literally what he said. Well, and I'm like, yeah, but right we now. we do. Yeah, it's like CNN, Fo- I mean, Fox, whatever your beliefs are, I don't care. We're not getting political here. I'm just saying we have all these major News networks, but they're all parroting the same exact thing because guess who their main funders are? Pharmaceutical companies. Eighty percent. Yeah, so that's
1: why it's so dangerous to be speaking about this. I got shadow banned. I mean, privately, I'll tell you all the details, but it's beyond belief. I would not imagine. I would not imagine what happened in the United States of America. Soviet Union, yes. Not, yeah. and the way they did it was so clever it was it was unbelievable mm. and yeah, I, I I won't go past that,
0: yeah, because it, it's
1: well, I'm still here. they haven't killed me yet. Mm. Uh, new book, they probably will. Stem cells are the cure for just about anything. you have to get it outside the country I I glossed over that. there is this a separate law it's called 361. 361, yes, you can use perinatal tissue, specifically Wharton's jelly, which is the supportive tissue of the umbilical cord. So that's what I use. I've had it done myself. I had a herniated disc seven years ago. Couldn't play tennis, pickleball, all that stuff. I was going to have surgery. I said to my neurosurgeon, I said, we tried everything else. Why don't we do stem cells? Not enough research. Of course there's not. No one wants to do that. So I said, I'll do it on my own. I'm number, patient of one. I went upstairs, he's downstairs, went upstairs. I said to one of the other doctors who never gave an injection like that ever. I said, I'll mark the spot. You inject me. You said, you're crazy. I said, no, I'm in pain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in pain. That makes you crazy. Yeah. He injected me. Three days later, I'm back playing tennis. That was seven years ago, one dose, one and out. So does it work? Absolutely. Do we need more research? Absolutely. So 361, this is how you can get it here in the United States. It has to be minimally manipulated tissue. What does that mean? If I took this table here, chopped it up, if I didn't add chemicals to it, the micro pieces are minimally manipulated. Number one. Number two, it can't have a systemic effect. Number three, I can't advertise it. Hmm. Number four, it has to be homologous use.
0: What
1: does that mean? Ah, great word, homologous. <laughs> Latin again, meaning like from like mm, carpal okay. tunnel and tarsal tunnel. They're like, but slightly different in function. So I looked at that word because I was stymied by the by the FDA, and I'd written this book on stem cells, and I go, oh geez, I don't know, I'm going to get arrested for misinformation. So I had rewritten it. So the epiphany came to me a couple of weeks ago. So homologous use, and I'm going to say this as a women's issue, and I hope it becomes that, because men don't seem to have the same passion that women have. They just don't. But I think because they're the maternal gene, by the way, the um, Spanish word for stem cell is cellulose madres, the mother cell. I love that. Oh, yeah. And I think it has a very profound... Implication goes goes right to your DNA more so than men. That's why that Surgeon General doesn't have that empathy to the degree that you do. And I think you're in the cave with all these kids screaming. Yeah, it's it's inborn. It's um, I can't imagine, but you have it, and you are the protector, the mother's cell. So. Three sixty-one autologous use, or excuse me, homologous use, meaning like for. So I looked at that, and I said, "Okay, what is the umbilical cord? The umbilical cord is a conduit from the mother to the fetus, conducting. What is it conducting? It's conducting nutrients in the right by the vein and reverse in fetuses, and the arteries bring it." the waste products back but it also has a nerve and I, this always and i don't know if always but i never thought about it when you cut the umbilical cord why does it not hurt
0: yeah cuz it has a nerve in there yes huh nature designed it that way so we wouldn't have to deal with any more pain i don't know
1: it 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 was it's amazing what is the nerve's function it it and you said it correctly it has a cholinergic Process in other words, it has chemical receptors, but it has no pain receptors. So it has communication but no pain. So you can cut the cord. The other thing I learned about that, which is kind of amazing to me, because I was talking to laboratory people down in in Puerto Vallarta at the Dream Clinic, and also is down in Panama, at Dr. Reardon's clinic. And I was saying, how long from the birth event? can these tissues take? How fast do you process? And and the the answer was, we'd like to do it within 36 hours. And I said, 36 hours, how do you keep them alive for 36 hours? Those stem cells in the umbilical cord called the Wharton's jelly had that inborn cellulose madres. So let's say you're out, you're in the cave again, childbirth high degree of death from infection. That fetus is there, now a baby, and it can survive without anyone by the nourishment from the umbilical cord for a couple days until somebody finds you or a predator finds you or whatever, but it's inborn, it's there, it's cellulose madres for sure. And the other thing that concerned me, I looked at this, why is it called Wharton's jelly? John Wharton, 1600s, England. And I thought, and I'll have to read some more papers. on Why was he playing around with the connective tissue of the umbilical cord? What's the backstory on that? That just seems unusual, but he did. And his name is on it. And that is the key. So, autologous use. Conduit. From the mom to the fetus. Now a baby. Babies growing from was growing from the two cells, four cells, six, eight, and it forms neurovascular bundles like this, or a neurovascular bundle to the eye, to the nose, to the brain, to the feet, every organ. Aren't they conduits? Isn't Wharton's jelly a supportive tissue? Couldn't I inject that supportive tissue for this malfunctioning nerve? And the answer I say, Is absolutely yes. Now I don't think the FDA thought that through. Obviously, they—I know they read my book, but that's another story. But they didn't see the connection because I call what I say in Sugar Crush the global compression theory. This nerve is compressed. This nerve is compressed. Every nerve is compressed. It is a conduit. It's a neurovascular bundle. Put Morton jelly in there. You will reverse those effects. You will restore the electrical component and you will see, you will smell, you will walk, you will think, you will do all the things that you were designed to do. And it's was, and it been there. And if Lucy is our first primate, she brought it to us. She is now a drug dealer, according to the FDA. The FDA allows the poison in our diet and is slow walking the cure with stem cells. Look up the document, 2003, U.S. Senate, John McCain. Yeah. Scandalous, scandalous.
0: And also, too, I mean, this has been a massive topic of conversation the last couple of years. When you look at what happened with the opioid crisis and with the Sackler family, (laughs) and you look into the backstory of how this happened with the FDA, one has to wonder, where else is this happening? And what's crazy to me is that, I find at least in the mainstream, I think people behind closed doors are asking these questions, but I feel like in the mainstream narrative, it's that this was one isolated incident that happened with the FDA. And I'm sitting over, over here freaking out, like screaming, being like, guys, if it happened this time, it's still happening right now. And it's happening on a large scale with everything, you know, with our food, with our drugs, And what I don't understand is why we're not asking those bigger questions and why we're not putting regulations. I do know why. It's because there's this revolving door between the FDA and the USDA and the government. and You know, there's lobbying happening in Washington. I mean, big food companies, they're all in bed together.
1: Absolutely. And they own the science. They own the media. They own the politicians. And you don't have to be left or right. It's not a left or right issue.
0: No, this is not a political issue at all. This is like a human issue.
1: The human issue, I say it starts in Iowa because the Farm Bill, trillion dollars, by the way, funds the NIH, funds NIH.
0: Yeah. They actually talk about this in a documentary that I just watched very recently called Common Ground, which I highly recommend everyone listening to watch this because they dive into this exact thing about the Farm Bill, who's funding it, And it's fascinating because they connect all the dots. And if you guys have seen Kiss the Ground on Netflix, it's from the people that did Kiss the Grounds. It's a new one. It's called Common Ground. Watch it.
1: Hopefully, I'll have Sugar Crush on Netflix. We're talking about it. Amazing. But I think the dots that I connected with the medical industry and the scientific industry and our universities is absolutely, when you hear the whole story, it. they really don't need to be fired. They need to be arrested. In jail. Yeah, in yes,
0: jail. Yes,
1: yes. They've killed millions of people.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's crimes against humanity at this point because yes. we are now knowingly harming people with this information.
1: Yes. Here's a little tidbit of information on the Ukraine war, which is the breadbasket of Europe.
0: hmm Oh, yeah, because the grains, right? Because they grow a lot of wheat there?
1: Exactly. And they do not use genetically modified grains. Monsanto or Bayer and John Deere had $14.5 billion on the table two weeks prior to Putin's invasion because he's totally against genetically modified food. And also, second point, Kiev, the capital of Ukraine, is the primary center for stem cells, but they're not using non-embryonic stem cells. They're using human fetuses. And Putin, oh yeah. And Putin wanted to wipe them out and he did. So that's another big debate. Embryonic versus non-embryonic. We do not use embryonic in the United States. It is used in some areas of the world. Uh, I was just down in, in Puerto Vallarta, and I, I had stem cells. So I, I wanted to see what IV would be like, just to, just to do it at the Dream body Clinic. Great clinic. If you people want to go to some place that's close, clean, beautiful, top-notch, brand new uh, clinic. Now, so I had the IV, which is funny. They asked me. I said, "So, what drugs do you take?" And I said, "None." Do you have any pain? I said, "No." And I, was, I said, what do you want to do this? I just want to get the experience you. So I could see any changes. So I did it. And I, I played tennis and pickleball. And it was in September. It was really hot. 95 degrees, 95 humidity. Of course, I'm kind of used to heat. But I'm playing tennis with this tennis pro. He's 21 years old. And <laughs> we were both panting. And it was it just amazing. But it was so hot, I couldn't wear my glasses, which I've worn for 40 years, so because they steamed up. So I said, I'm gonna try without my glasses the day after I got the stem cells. Interesting, I could play, and I never did before. Now, wow. I don't know, that's anecdotal, see? And that should be tested as a hypothesis. Where's the FDA funding for that? There's well, What's the drug? There is none, and we're not doing
0: it. See, it's just, a, it's a scam. I know. I know. That's the problem is they can only find funding for studies that, for things that ensure that they're going to make a lot of money. Correct. You know? And so if they're if they're not going to make a lot of money off of something, they're not going to do a study on it. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like these monoclonal antibodies, which are all the rage. There's a hundred new ones. I'll tell you a golf story because Bill Mickelson, he... I don't know if you read my book, but I gave it to his manager who did and lost, you know, 80 pounds. So Phil, he lost 20-some pounds and he won the masters at age 52. Phil, you told everybody you went off of sugar, but you didn't tell them who told you that.
0: Oh man. Yeah. Hey, Phil, a shout I, out. I okay? know, right? Give me a shout-out. Oh. Yeah,
1: so you had psoriatic, he had psoriatic arthritis. He was taking Humira. I don't think he's taking it anymore because sugar causes that. You, you've you seen all those ads. It, it does reduce the inflammation that sugar causes in the skin, which we call psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. Yes, it does at a tune of $180,000 a year per person forever. Mm. And there's 100 new drugs, 100.
0: I mean, it's so crazy. Talking about getting off medication too, I just interviewed someone who happens to be a close friend of mine yesterday on my podcast. And she also has a really big podcast. And I won't name it now because I'm just going to let people listen to the podcast when it comes out. But she tells her own story of being diagnosed when she was, I believe it was like 21 with BPD, which is Borderline Personality Disorder. In her own words, she also said that Looking back, so now she doesn't present any of the symptoms. She said, I don't even check off any of the boxes anymore for BPD. She's not saying that she's not that she doesn't have it, but she's just saying, I don't feel it anymore and I don't check off any of the boxes. Looking back when she was in college and she got diagnosed with that, what was she doing? Having a muffin every morning, having a really sugary big coffee. So then spiking her blood glucose levels and then her you know glucose with blood sugar was all over the place all day, just on a roller coaster ride, was not paying attention to diet at all, not taking care of herself either. And then of course, not addressing like the traumas and all that. She took herself off her own medication as well. She's not even on the medication anymore and she completely controls it with diet, lifestyle and exercise now. And I want to say this because we have to say this every time. I'm not a doctor. I am not advising anyone to go off their medication. That's not what I'm saying. This is a personal decision between you and your doctor, but I'm just telling you someone's own personal experience and what they went through. And it's fascinating because she said she doesn't even have that mood disorder anymore
1: think about it waveform up down up down bipolar up down it's not that complicated insulin comes out response to sugar you're up and down you have bipolar you're manic depressive different personalities of course we all have that same thing we eat a big I used to eat a lot of sugar. I used to love to lift weights and all that kind of stuff. But I was a lot younger. You have a lot of energy. Isn't that different personality? Because you're up, you're flying, and then you crash, you're down, you're depressed. What do you want? You want more sugar to get it up and then down. So personality deformities or personality diseases are caused by sugar. It's that simple. Look at all the drugs. I asked this to my medical colleagues, anesthesiologists in particular, I said, what's the number one drug you see coming across the surgical table? And that is neurotrophic drugs, modulating the effects of sugar. What are we doing on the surgical table? We're cutting out the effects of sugar. Gallbladder, cut it out. Leg, cut it off. You see what I'm saying? Yes.
0: Why are we not just taking the sugar out? It's so
1: infuriating. Probably medical profession would disappear. Hospitals would disappear. Big Pharma would disappear. But if we don't do that as uh, Stanley Drukenmiller, which you should interview as the financial portion of this, he says...
0: What's his name again? Stanley who?
1: Stanley Druken, D-R-U-E-C-K-E. Mueller or miller Jukin miller miller i think it is and he is a very famous billionaire industrialist and he gave a talk this year at usc graduating economics class saying this in 10 years now boiled it down it's very complicated but 10 years all the money collected by the federal government in taxes will go to entitlements all and what are the entitlements medicare What's the biggest piece of the pie in Medicare? Big Pharma. And we will be, we will be bankrupt. Maybe that should be my next book, Dead Broke. Mm. That's who we will be.
0: I will say one thing, just, we would still need hospitals for obviously acute, like emergencies and stuff, but yes. Otherwise I think all of these like medical <laughs> systems oh, yeah, would, yeah. would go down. Um, wow it's fascinating in the essence of time i could literally talk to you all day because this is so fascinating what would you like to leave the listeners with maybe something we haven't covered yet today or just something that you really feel like is important for people to hear
1: i'm going to dive deep into stem cells why they work how they work where you can get them what's legal what's not legal at the current this point in time and my personal evaluation of different clinics, my personal use of these tissues. And I think once you come to grips with that, that this is available in a very narrow band and it works on really anything, it's safe, it's effective. As far as I know, there's never been an adverse reaction. Oh, Dr. Jacoby, that's not true. Yes, oh, I remember there were some E. coli contaminated batches about seven years ago. That's right, E. coli in the laboratory. That's like saying spinach is dangerous. No, E. coli is dangerous. There's never been an adverse reaction from stem cells, never. Mm -hmm. There was another case with an eye, they used a solvent for a person who was blind, by the way. Mm. And they're still blind because it didn't work because of that. But I've spoken to people personally at the meetings who had macular degeneration couldn't see, were injected, and they can see.
0: Wow.
1: Now, don't you think they have the sovereign right to do that? I'm not saying it's you know scientifically proven. I'm just saying I think you have the sovereign right. I think the bill. What, what is that? That document we, the bill of rights, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think everyone to, should be allowed to do it if they want to do it. You know, sign the paperwork. Yeah.
1: Let's see, Bill Rice, The Pursuit of Life, Liberty, and The Pursuit of Happiness.
0: Yes, that's, yeah. Okay, so what about, so you said you wanted to go into the stem cells before we go? The stem
1: cells, yeah, you only can use it, or I believe you only can use it under 361 if you use it in the neurovascular bundle to the end organ that you're treating. My field, I know where they are. Where I know most of them, but you really have to consult your doctor, ask the question, do you do stem cells? And if they say, that's not proven, that means they don't know anything about it. Go to another doctor. Yeah, there find someone who doctors. knows. Find someone who knows and can discuss the pros and cons and see if it would be uh, beneficial for you. And then ask, what are your results for whatever itis you're talking about? And if you have a good conversation, go ahead and do it. If you don't get that, then go out of the country. Dr. Reardon's clinic in Panama is fabulous. I've been there. And I've also been to Body. That's fabulous as well. I'm going to try this year to go to lots of other clinics to see that they're using proper techniques in the laboratory. It's a safe place to go. It's uh, affordable because some of this stuff gets expensive. Yeah. And- and I know generally what it works best on, but I really can't say that because I'm not in a 351. That's against the law. Don't want to be arrested. Don't want to be intimidated by, by them, which they know how to do, and they're very good at it, by the way. Oh yeah, they will create hell on earth for us, our public servants.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, where I guess where would people start as far as like finding stem cells? I guess just Google for their area and find someone who specializes it near them?
1: Yes. They may not be able to find it anymore because of that, but they're out there. And it seems to me, the word of mouth of people, podcasts, I hear it all the time in podcasts now.
0: I do too. Joe Rogan talks about stem cells a lot, actually. I can't remember what place he drops, but he's dropped the name of some place that he goes to. Yeah, that's Panama.
1: Oh okay. Yeah, it's yeah, Dr. Reardon. Here's a funny story. Dr. Reardon's from Scottsdale. He he's a PhD by the way. He's not a medical doctor. But he was two blocks away from me in Scottsdale.
0: Oh wow. Is it is it the I'm, same as the Reardon clinic that does yeah. the high dose vitamin C for cancer? Oh okay. Oh, that's his that, dad. Oh, wow. Okay. That's fascinating. Uh, yeah. A lot of smart guys fat, in that family.
1: Yes, yeah, see see the vitamin C
0: thing? I was actually going to ask you about this. Let's talk about that really fast because you said earlier that vitamin C and glucose molecules are very close together. And we know that glucose, sugar, feeds cancer cells, but then we know high dose vitamin C kills cancer cells. So what is that? What's that connection there?
1: I think because it's the main, not main ingredient, one of the ingredients in BH4, which converts. L-arginine to nitric oxide, and if you can't do that, you will get diminished blood supply to whatever end organ. So now you have a malnourished, nourished place tissue that's feeding on hypoxia, and sugar is present there, and that cell is fermented. Back to Dr. Warburg. and all these things are interconnected. That's what they live on. I think Lyme disease. Um, certainly COVID, just about any infectious disease, because originally I thought it was not infected, it is, because infections, parasites, they are looking for nourishment, just like the uh, viruses. Mm -hmm. They're not mean people, they're just trying to raise their family back to the cave again. And like Lyme disease, they produce a mucopolysaccharide to protect that little hive, and if you read David Sinclair's book? Have you read his book? Have you interviewed him?
0: No. I Actually, he's someone I do want to get on though, because I am familiar with his work. So his bottom line is he's a yeast
1: biologist. Okay. How exciting could that be? Yeah. But he is exciting because he, so he's at Harvard. So he looked at yeast and fungus and things like that. And they have a very short lifespan. They replicate maybe 25 times and they're out of here. Whereas lobsters and jellyfish don't, they don't die. They're immortal. So science, oh yeah. So scientists have found that gene, he being one of them. So he took that gene from the um, jellyfish and inserted in, I think it was yeast, not fungus, I'm not sure about it. maybe it's the other way around anyway. He put that gene in there and they replicated not 25 times, 50 times. Hmm. So he is on the track for immortality doing that technique. So he talks about mTOR and lots of different things in his book, but I don't think he's fully on board with what I'm saying because he's probably never. Heard that story, and I'll tell you why, another weird thing. Dr. Armstrong, David Armstrong, who's a podiatrist like myself, but he's got a PhD in uh, metabolic diseases, and he also has an MD degree. And I explained this Dellen theory to him 25 years ago on person to person. Because I, David, you're you're really brilliant, written all these papers. I explained this to him. He jumped back from me, a cricket on a hot stove. He was like, oh my God, this is so crazy. What are you talking about? He happens to be, David Armstrong happens to be David Sinclair's best friend. And on page 20 or page 75, he talks about his best friend. So I know David Sinclair gets the wrong story from Armstrong, because Armstrong does not understand the story. Mm. He's got lots of papers, he's a brilliant guy, but he's funded by Big Pharma all day long. And he doesn't want to get that up. Nice guy, yes. Smart guy, yes. Duplicious, perhaps.
0: Mm.
1: I told him the right story. I mean, literally, he was frightened. I said, what are you frightened about? this is crazy it'll be crazy to you because it may interrupt your funding your process yeah yeah funding yeah <laughs> yeah and he dominates he dominates my world uh, because I'm a committee of one I have no funding mm. how about that no funding I'm looking for funding anybody have any? no anyway <laughs> no I mean, just read my book just read the book you'll get it we'll we'll save some lives it's yeah. and I'm not saying I'm absolutely correct. But I would say, in a university setting, you know what the null hypothesis is. To prove me wrong, I will debate any, any doctor who has a contrary theory. Just bring it.
0: Yeah. If I'm wrong, they're not going to do it. They won't do it. I know. And that's. I was going to say the problem is is that we can't get anyone to do that. No, I, I don't know because everyone's too scared to be proved wrong. I guess, but that's but women.
1: you're but but you're not. You're yeah. doing these podcasts. You have a big audience now.
0: I appreciate it, and that. you have
1: a lot of great people on there. So, and there are thousands of podcasts. If it wasn't for podcasts, this country definitely would be done with because there would be that's no true. free information.
0: At that all. is true because the the information is definitely getting out there. It's just scary that. We are left now, to the, we're we're left in this place now where we all have to do so much of our own research. And I will tell you personally, just as someone who knows a lot about this and is navigating this the best that I can, I still sometimes am like, I don't know what to believe anymore. You know, because I'm hearing this one thing on this side and then I'm hearing this on this side and then I'm seeing that this side was funded to talk about this and say this point, but then this side is scary because it goes against what the mainstream is saying. I mean, it's a lot,
1: let me give you to that point. So I got a lot of uh, people called me on this article. It was out a couple of weeks ago, the Journal of Nutrition, mm-hmm. where it said two meals a week with meat had a 35 to 40 percent increase in diabetes. Did oh, you read that?
0: I- I did. And actually I want to encourage everyone listening to check out Max Lugavir and what he's been saying about this because he dove into this study and I would love to hear what you have to say about this. But the fact that we are trying to say (laughs) that meat leads to diabetes is absolutely insane. And I, okay, I will say one more thing in that study. You know what they were claiming was meat? Lasagna, sandwiches. Guess what is in lasagna and sandwiches? Pasta and bread. But anyways, continue. Sorry to, I was just like, yes, that study was insane.
1: I'm glad, I'm glad somebody picked up on it. So I so I hadn't read the article, so I got the article out. I read it. And I said, let me <clears throat> let me break it apart. <clears throat> First thing I looked at is Journal of Nutrition, which I never read. So I said, I wonder who's funding that. We have Cargill, PepsiCo. We had the Sugar Foundation. Every company was sugar. Now, to fund a journal, that's scandalous. Okay, but let's go with that. So they funded a study at Harvard. Dr. Willett. Dr. Willett, the most known nutritionist in the world.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Harvard, what could be better
0: than that? Well... Harvard gets so, a lot of funding, is what I've heard. But yes, continue.
1: Yeah. So I, okay, I, let's reverse engineer this study. So I read the study. Yeah, it was written very well because they had, you know, a couple million to do it right. So the two meals, let's assume they were meat, as they said in the article. So I thought to myself, wait a minute, let's reverse that sentence. Let's say I'm a carnivore, let's say there's 21 meals a week, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm going to eliminate breakfast, no meat, lunch, no meat, dinner, no meat for five days a week, only two helpings of meat a week. What the hell do you think I'm going to replace meat and fat with? Carbohydrates. If I did that, I would be a diabetic. Exactly. But they said the opposite now the public to your point you hear this this is a reputable university harvard university he should be fired fired at a minimum
0: i mean and and like you just said to your point the all the sugar industries and all the industries that are creating the bread and the pasta and everything else that you would be then replacing your meat with are funding this study. And I, I was, while you were talking, I was I was looking for this statistic that I came across recently. Professor John, I'm not gonna know how to pronounce this, Loan Loen Loanitis Loen, from Stanford Medical Research concluded oh, yeah. that that almost 90%, 90% of medical and health-related studies have been bought and paid for by or with a predetermined agenda. 90% of them are being bought and paid for. So
1: if I had these criminals—well, let's not call them criminals. If I had these people in front of me, and I'm—I'm going to—I'm going to say it this way, and I'll say it again. Um, let's take Dr. Willet, Harvard University professor. Are you that stupid, or are you on the take? We know you're a Harvard professor. I assume you're the smartest guy in the room. So the conclusion is, you were bought. So let's where did the funding come from? That is an indictment, and that and if it's ninety percent of our universities, then we that's why we are so sick. Back to Druckamer, we're going to be broke, dead broke. Everybody's going to be dead. Probably is a good thing. Maybe that's the agenda. I mean, let's go to Bill Gates and the and all this stuff. I mean. He's buying up all the farms. Cows are bad? No, cows are not bad. Do, I don't know if you know the backstory on why this all happened, or at least this is what I understand to be World War II. Bessie's out there. She's ruminating on grass. Most, You ever see a cow eat grass, get close to them?
0: Yeah, with her tongue, right? Yeah, they're just
1: the most content being on the planet. I mean, they're doing their thing because yeah. they couldn't be happier. So they're ruminating, take, taking grass, and through a chemical process, making omega-3 fatty acids. That's what they do. But Bessie, is, it's 1930-something. Bessie, we need you. We gotta fatten you up. We're gonna feed you corn. Feet and, and you're going to drink a lot of water. That's another issue we could talk about another day. Drink a lot of water because when you eat sugar, you need water because you're very thirsty. And you're going to turn omega-3 into omega-6. And we'll talk about that and inflammation. And we'll fatten you up in six months. And she did win the world war because we had food. So Bessie was doing her job. Now she's been incarcerated in Kansas, by the way, by... a These structures called CAFOs, and she's being fed against her will, corn, antibiotics, hormones, lots of water, fatten her up. 98% of all the meat in the United States is non-grass fed, and it produces many of these diseases we just talked about. And then we throw in seed oils, sugar, we got a mess in our hands. We need to clean it up. And I'm not just saying that because I'm getting old.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, we have twelve percent of our population that's metabolically healthy. Twelve yeah, percent. Right. So of course, I mean, if we wanna outlive our kids, we gotta clean this up.
1: We have you to you know, and I'm
0: talking about my generation and the generation behind me, but yeah, it's it's really scary and it's really sad. And I just I love I love so much that you make these connections and that you call these industries out and like I said earlier, I would love to sit here and talk to you all day. But at some point, I think we're going to have to wrap it up. But I do want to let everyone know where they can find you and where can they find your book. And do you have a release date yet?
1: I would say about six weeks. i It's being proof, as we speak. I think it's done. And from my point of view, but the editors probably will find mistakes. But it's very dangerous because you know what they do. They'll pick one word. It's fraud. You misspoke, and I'll never have a chance to respond. So I'm trying to be very careful. And I'd like to live in the United States, but I'm telling you, it's getting very dicey.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for coming back on today. This was so good. I wish that we could talk for three hours, but we'll have to wrap it up here. But thank you again for your time.
1: Thank you. Tell Joe Rogan I got a good story for him.
0: (laughs) Thank you you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Real Foodology Podcast. If you liked the episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let me know. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Mike Fry. The theme song is called Heaven by the amazing singer Georgie. Georgie is spelled with a J. For more amazing podcasts produced by my team, go to resonantmediagroup.com. I love you guys so much. See you next week. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and doesn't constitute a provider-patient relationship. I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. As always, talk to your doctor or your health team first. Do you suffer from IBS or
2: other digestive issues? Are you looking for a new podcast to listen to? From the producer of the Real Foodology podcast comes the all new health and nutrition podcast, Digest This, hosted by Bethany Ugardi. You may know Bethany as the face of the popular Instagram page, Lil Sipper, or you may have even read her book. Now you can find her wherever you get your podcasts. On Digest This, Bethany examines topics such as gut health, nutrition, the food industry, and highlights specific ingredients that can be beneficial or harmful to your gut health. She also explores non-toxic options in beauty, home, and cooking essentials. If it has to do with your health, Digest This is talking about it. Each episode features an interview with health experts, doctors, and wellness advocates, and delivers you information that is easy to digest. Bethany also delivers a weekly segment every episode called Bite of Knowledge, where she highlights an ingredient commonly used in food, skin care, household cleaning, you name it, and gives you the lowdown on the benefits or dangers that ingredient might have in your everyday life. From Botox, potassium, olive oil, and magnesium, all the way to those ingredients you can barely pronounce on the back of your cereal boxes, Bethany has you covered. There's a reason why it debuted at number two on Apple Podcast Nutrition Charts, Check out Digest This on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Monday and Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resonant Media.